music of Simon Shack, who generously provided us with his tracks for use in our show. Welcome to The Clues Chronicle, the show that brings you peer-reviewed research from cluesforum.info, the premier website where the average person may train their senses to uncover high-tech media fakery that has been discovered throughout documentation of historic and current events. I go by hoipoloi, which is Greek for the people or the masses. At the risk of sounding like Greek to the people, here's a little reminder of what we're about at The Clues Chronicle. Briefly, we are about keeping it real together. To be more detailed would take a long time, but suffice to say that faking synthetic human beings, personalities, and families, and connecting them to real people in real cities with the use of simulation technology has put humanity in a potentially very ugly situation. We at Clues Forum have referenced, compiled, and conducted all the best research in the world about the subject. We don't accept your run-of-the-mill conspiracy theories or their fallacies. We look for evidence first, and we have compiled pages of evidence of fake stories in the news, especially of fake terrorists, fake crazy gunmen, fake champions, especially to push legislation, fake space missions, fake victims, which we call vixims for simulated victims, and simulated events which accompany military drills. If you are unfamiliar with the concepts of authenticating and fabricating documentation of a phenomenon, and how easily records can be mass-produced and thereby artificially drown out the notion that the phenomenon in question does not exist in reality, you can catch up to these concepts by listening to the first two episodes, always reachable at what.thecluschronicle.info, or by searching The Clues Chronicle in iTunes. Today is October 18th. This is Issue 4, Hi K, and the Possibility that Atomic Weapons Don't Exist. We'll start with an interview with independent researcher and activist Kay, have a little chat about the current fake news being fired at the minds of the public, and then read from the thread on Clues Forum entitled, The New Hoax. That was more of Simon's music. Now to introduce Kayham, or as I like to call her, Kay. Hello, Kay. Do you mind if I just call you Kay, even though it sounds like a Men in Black character? Yes, Kay is fine. It's short. Okay. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. And where did your name Kayham come from? Well, it's a combination of uh, my first and last name. So I was like, as I was, you know, how do you come up with the handle? It's such a personal thing to have everyone call you this new name, you know, like this alternate reality. And I was like, do I want to go underground, hide it? Or do I want to just be who I really am and not worry about it too much? And I, you know, I even downloaded the Tor Network and I was messing around on that. And then I just thought, it doesn't matter. I mean, the phone company knows more about me than anybody <laughs> You know, I'm trying to hide from who? So I just thought, this is ridiculous. All this work, and then when you're trying to hide and you get caught, you look even more ridiculous, I think. So I thought, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just be myself. So you just split the difference, kind of. There you go. Split the difference. You know, if they want to find me, um, they can. If, you know, but to be scared about it, I thought, this is what this is what it seems to me be, is part of the programming, is to make you scared when there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. 
So I thought I'm going right. to resist that programming. <laughs> That's why resist it. Cool. Good on you. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show again. And uh, in the course of conducting research based on evidence and particularly avoiding distracting personality discussions, Simon Shack elected to switch from his band's name, The Social Service, to just using his real name. And I post research and moderate Clues Forum under the name Hoipoloi. And you have had your own well-received show under the name Kham. Uh, does anonymity come with its own set of problems, would you say? Well, I, I thought it did. You know, it's like, if, if you're anonymous, can you be taken serious? But, I don't know, I'm conflicted. You know, sometimes I think anon being anonymous gives you strength, and other times I think it's a weakness because you're held back a little bit, you know, by fear of being found out. Hmm. Does that make sense, you know? Yeah, no, that does. That does. I, I was also thinking that maybe um, some of it has to do with uh, just simple web searches. Like we know Google, for example, has much more data on us than our family, probably. And so <laughs> uh, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this question of um, who are you actually um, being anonymous from? And it's probably more like the average person, because the government. Let's be serious. I mean, the government, you're not really an anonymous to intelligence organizations that the government uses. So it's more like being anonymous to bosses and things like that that might disrupt your kind of social life. Right. It Has it ever happened? You know, I mean, once in a while, like, I got called on Facebook my <laughs> because there was a picture of me on Facebook that one of my students, and it's not a found out. You know, I'm just whatever with my friends, but they're like, hey, can you take this off Facebook? I'm like, wow, look at that. So there is, you know, you mm. know, it was just like me and, you know, my friends, I guess we were at like a bar or something, but he thought that was inappropriate. So there you go. If had I been anonymous, that wouldn't have happened right there. But I think in our work, <laughs> what what we do, no one cares. No one cares. And my principal only pointed it out because this kid was a little snot and his parents a snot and then this parent complained to the principal but had it not been for that nobody would have cared ever nobody cares yeah i think some of the only people that do care are people who try to derail the research by focusing on personal details which i think was one of the intuitions i had when i started and which is why i kind of tried to limit my my personal life in the research i tried to keep it away just because it seems like it's a distraction and a potential distraction exactly and to those even people though who want to even though it's, it. it's easy enough to find out yeah yeah you could seriously you could do a lot of things if especially if you're an intelligence agency or have access to one <laughs> so right but you're That's right what it seems to me too yeah i agree can you explain a bit about why and how you came to make your show, Kham Radio or whatever it is the show is called? <laughs> yeah, Ab came up with the name Kham Radio, and he's. I had called in a couple times. Who's Ab? And he's like, oh, thank you. That's Abarado at fakeologist.com. So he started this thing, the audio chat. You get to go on live, or you can just talk in a private room and just chat about the fakery of the day or whatnot. And Everybody's, you know, anyone's voice who wants to can then be streamed live out there for the world to hear. 
ah, kind of scary. <laughs> so Ab heard me, you know, we had a couple conversations and he said, well, I, I, I like how you think and you seem to have a good on-air presence somewhat. So do a show. And so that's it. He invited and me you, to do a show. And you just said, all right, I'm going to do a show. That sounds fine. I have a lot of opinions, you know. <laughs> Some people call me opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got a lot of material. And I was going to open up my web, my own website at a point, but life is so busy. And, and then I came across abs. And I, at that time, we were, boy, hitting the same ideas. And at the time, mm-hmm. it was just it's like, oh, this is exactly where I want to be. We are all thinking the same. It feels good. You know, we've diverged since then slightly. <laughs> it's kind of bothering me, but we'll see how that turns out. Do you think that there were a number of reasons that had you go on hiatus from your show recently? Mostly just too busy. That's it. I mean, I would still like okay. to be on the air. You know, talking smack about Flat Earth and the whole campaign because <laughs> my feelings haven't changed. But I just simply don't <laughs> have the time. <laughs> so I wish I did. What is that? What's, what is the Flat Earth thing that you just talked about? And why do you call it a campaign? Right now, the, the list of personalities and characters that are supporting Flat Earth, I believe them to be wholly a co-intel, a counterintelligence program. Circumstantial evidence, I can say, hey, this is what I see this... Um, pattern. These guys are all behaving in the same way. They're all super bad at math, super bad at science, and they're supporting nonsense when intellectually they should have figured out it's nonsense by now. So I think they're all, the okay. whole lot of them are intellectually dishonest. So I, that that can't be real people because real people want to figure out the truth and move forward. So just to brief listeners, what what are you saying is, what is flat earth? Are they, are they literally saying... The Earth is not a sphere. Earth is flat. There's a number of different ideas about flat Earth, and that's the other reason it's hard to pin them down. Each one thinks we're like a pancake with a glass dome on top. Others think we're just a pancake. Others think well, we could be an infinite plane, meaning a flat surface just going on and on forever. Like early man kind of thought, you know, we're just Earth and then this is sky. You know, that's pretty simple. But mm. the sun is like a spotlight swirling around on top of this pancake. So that's the flat earth. And they're saying a bunch of silly things like gravity. How come it works on top of the earth? But how come stuff at the bottom of the earth doesn't fall off? <laughs> it's like, oh, damn it. Okay. Well, uh, so you're saying that's, that's all silly. But may I just suggest that you yourself just said that there's a range. There's a range of people talking about it. Now, I'm curious about what you think might be people who are really interested in the subject and who want to do good science about anything, not just flat earth or whatever, versus people who you say are part of a campaign. How do you think you can tell the difference? That's a really good point because there are some very legitimate questions that we have about science that's not matching reality. I'll throw curvature out there, but that that's a tough one because... If you don't know math, you could be given any formula and think it's legitimate. But anyway, how do you tell the difference between people who really want to find out the answer about how our Earth is shaped and this Flat Earth campaign? Well, the Flat Earth campaign encourages people to tell other people, thereby, I think, discrediting their self when other more important things come along. That They, they say, you know, tell everyone it's a big deal. Flat Earth is happening and everyone's listening. It's like, no, but they're not. 
I'm in education. I'm <laughs> up with the university right. system. They're not. No one's telling anybody, and it's considered in academia one of the most ridiculous things you can say. So when these flat earthers encourage people to do that, you know, these normal people are major discrediting themselves all over the place. It could okay, even so be. It's kind of like yeah, just just to paraphrase. It, it's a bit like their priority doesn't seem to be science first. It seems to be gathering a mob first. Yes, exactly. Now I just kind of want to mm. maybe take my time on this. I think you could tell a real researcher because they just want to take their time and there, you know, there's no personality names involved. No, there's no dozens of hours of video that only t they say they're a flat earth video but they only talk uh, maybe one or two percent flat earth and then the rest is other stuff so if they're focusing on certain phenomena that lead to certain science conclusions i i like that that seems to be real researchers right on that question. right i agree okay well i've seen some of that in the um in this uh, this hype around around various subjects, not just flat Earth, but it seems like there's also uh, people who take a mixture of uh, legitimate questions and this sort of mob mentality or personality worship and things like that, and they take it away from the the patient examination of various evidences, as you say, and they turn it into a kind of a a social media campaign instead of instead of an investigation. Exactly. Yep. Hmm. All right. Thanks. Well, I didn't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, I wanted to more focus on uh, kind of you as a researcher and your skills at that and how you came to be in this. So if you don't mind, let's step a bit back in time and talk about how you came to be interested in the news, although that's not exactly right because – Let's face it, everyone is interested in the news, or at least they're bombarded by it 24-7, be it through TV or word of mouth or newspapers or whatever, or radio. A lot of people get it through radio. So can you tell listeners how your perception of that swirling uh, media mass changed over time, how your perception changed from when you were a young girl to now? I think, it's, you know, it has to start with Santa Claus toy because <laughs> what you find out Santa Claus is fake? I was like, what the... Why are you lying to me? <laughs> I, I had this whole paradigm set up about Santa Claus and those happy places. but that, So I had to start all over. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of like, right, you, don't we hit these plateaus? As you, If you're really paying attention to stuff and you're, you're really, I think you got to be hooked into your, your subconscious a little bit. You know, because when things don't make sense, you got to go, what? Wait a minute. You got to be brave. You got to be willing to explore that. Each time there was a big deal, you explored it. You're like, what? They're it's not true. You keep going, you know, you keep stair-stepping it up. Do you and remember maybe. any time that the waking up that you had sort of applied to, uh, like, um, the news or something? Oh, I think we're, t you know who we're going to say, the, the, the big daddy of them all, 9-11. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was the big <laughs> deal. Finding out nine eleven wasn't you know yeah you have the little pieces that you know that that aren't making sense, but I think nine eleven though that was the the big daddy of them all that kind of woke me up. That was kind of in recent history. So would you say it really was nine eleven? That was the first one where you said, "Hmm, that's that's odd. That doesn't work for me." I think it it was the one that put all the little ones together. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, 
Sure. It did, because once media fakery, because 9-11 lead to September clues, right? September clues led to media fakery is really how that happened. So everyone now listening to this, if you're talking about media fakery, you need to thank September clues, because they were, that's really the video that I think connected everything together. That's cool. That's really nice. Um, yeah, maybe for, for some people, for at least, it was for me. It was for me for sure. Can you explain something about your inherent character that makes you curious about the world around you? I know that's a hard question. I gave that one to Simon too, and he's like, oh, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to <laughs> talk about yourself, but. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe I, I spoke of it before. It's like bravery, maybe, to willing to look into that subconscious part that makes you uncomfortable and explore it you you have that what's going on there you can let it go go on with your happy day but i'm like no grab that back out come on fish that out of my subconscious and explore it and it you know it's usually like news events (laughs) and things like that that don't make sense and then you realize why they don't make sense because they're not supposed to (laughs) that's funny yeah not supposed to interesting what do you mean by that well, if it's a event that is like, say, like Sandy Hook, um, how could one small, tiny boy, Adam Lanza, carry his own weight and ammunition and have a like almost a 100% kill ratio with each shot? And then he actually found the room where, where a bunch of kids had to be hiding in a perfect gun them down scenario. That didn't make sense. But then you realize mm. probably it's a hoaxed event. Either it didn't happen or they had crisis actors or it was fully cgi i don't know but it wasn't supposed it had a purpose Mm. to make the public think a certain way pass certain legislation and spend money where it needed it to be spent i think push something through legislation and then any attempt to investigate it is met with a sort of a confusion and people deliberately making conflicting conspiracy theories and all these different things so that it's much more effort to fight the legislation than it is to just go along with it. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, the other part is that it's, it's supposed to, it's built to be confusing. They could tie up loose ends, you know, hoy, and so that we wouldn't have to worry about it. They could do that very nicely, but I don't think these controllers, they don't want it to end nicely. They don't want those thoughts to be finished in your brain like what happened to the bodies things like that because it's also i think a strategy attention and to have unfinished anxiety in your subconscious just increases everyone's tension it increases a whole bunch of bad things drug abuse and the desire for solutions yes yeah and well that's where we are aren't we (laughs) we're in that phase right now can you tell us about your um real character rather than just your radio personality why is it that everyone believes this? That was it. This was like four years ago. OSPI was having a... It's a thing where they take all the test scores and it's called a cut score, right? So they're having a cut score committee meeting. And to try and make it fair, what the state does is they get a bunch of teachers together from all over the state and they let the teachers choose the cut score. So say uh, out of a test of 400, you get a 300, you pass, you get below 300, you fail. Thing, something like that, right? And so you, we're deciding whether it's 325 or 345. It's really just fishy in the first place. 
we looked at these papers, what should be a passing, what should be a failing. There's about 400 teachers in the room, between two and 400, because it was a, one of the big hotel rooms full of tables of teachers. But the dude was leading yeah. us, uh, he, the guy who was um, doing the session of what score should be the, the passing score. He was leading the whole crowd in such an obvious manner. I was like, this is bullshit. You asked me my opinion, and now you, you try and divert me from it. If we chose 25, he said, okay, now. <laughs> then he'd go, this many people think 25 is too low, and this many people think 25 is too high. But, you know, these people who think it's too low, they got a pro. And, he, you know, he would very slickly trying to convince all the teachers to go up a notch or however i didn't need to be there none of us did they were going to choose the score anyway regardless of how we voted but you know i mentioned it to a few of the teachers in the room not one of them saw a problem with it they all thought they had chosen the score the proper score do you think they might have agreed underneath and they just didn't want to admit that they agreed and they enjoyed his bullying tactics because in a way they they wanted it and so they're not going to call it out to protect their psyche, kind of, you're saying? Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Have you ever noticed that you're more curious and more discerning about real-world events than your peers? Because I sometimes reconcile this notion of someone knowing more than someone else by trying to see how everyone may be in the same situation. That is, everyone may know more about something But it just so happens that we have noticed Hollywood illusion techniques and magician's techniques are being used and seemingly always have been used by governments. So do you really think we are just smart or lucky or what? That's what I'm getting at about the fear and the psyche thing. What makes people like us more ready to approach these topics and understand them? Yeah, I think it's a continuum. I mean, we you start by asking the little questions and then it grows from there. I don't. I don't think anything just happens like, boom. I think it's little by little. I think, like, so our group, at maybe at fakeologist.com and cluesforum.info, we've already been asking questions for a long time. Long time. Now it's just starting to probably get down on paper, you know, or on on website, on zeros and ones. Can you tell listeners, if you can remember, how you came across the research of Clues Forum? Oh, you know, I was... I was digging myself out of the UFO rabbit hole, actually. And I was pretty much, you know, it's like, I want proof. If you say there's UFOs, then there should be proof. Where's the proof? If in the, remember the hubcap UFOs in those 1970 UFO movies that I went to see? Then we should be able to find proof, right? I should be able to find a YouTube video with the hubcap UFO in it. And because now everyone has cameras, everyone has cameras. We should have seen it, but didn't. I was spent a year looking up UFOs every night, UFO videos from people, and no, it never happened. So I think it's a big COINTEL uh, Pro campaign to keep people busy on nonsense. Anyway, one of the UFO videos I was looking at was the ball video that when the plane on 9/11. There's a video where you see the plane coming to hit the two towers. Oh yes, because. It's, it looks like a ball, but it's actually this really bad composite of an, uh, of an airplane, so the wings disappeared. Right, exactly. So the UFO community is like, look, it's really a UFO that hit the Twin Towers. So <laughs> I was investigating that. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran across Clues Forum because, of course, September Clues. 
a couple of the videos for September Clues had mentioned aberrato.com or something like that, which is now fakeologist.com. Yeah, I guess that's I, for some reason I was expecting a lot of questions to come out of that, but I, but it seems pretty straightforward to me. So shills and dupes and liars come in all shapes and sizes. I'm sure that you, like everyone else whose curiosity is stronger than their sensitivity to name calling, have been accused of being one or all of these things. Why do you think people ought to trust your thought process? Well, it's a little thing called research. If you do your research, and I do, mostly before I posit a thought on something or make a conclusion out loud, I did the research behind it to figure out what's re- what can be verified and what can't. I mean, I, I realize everything on the Internet can be faked, but you, you get a feel. Like, you mentioned, what post was it, where you said you like videos that don't try and convince you of an opinion. You go straight to the source of those videos. You did one about mm. Geiger counters, right? And it was from a dude. You put the, put a link in one of your posts. And it was just a dude talking about Geiger counters and what he likes the best. He's a Geiger counter nerd. And how beautiful is that? I thought, I can trust what he's saying because this is his deal. He even has a okay. video where he, his uncle or stepdad or something is having some chemo, some radiation therapy, and he's Geiger counting his stepdad. It's pretty cool. That's, I think, how you can tell. And that's the kind of research I look for. Okay, cool. Um, what is one of the strongest tips you can give well-meaning people interested in the real world, which will help them find out more about whatever they're curious about? I mean, I guess look for those videos that are from industry, from people who are actually using the product or or working with the idea. You know, these videos where everyone has an opinion first, and then the video is to support that opinion. I th- it's faulty to begin with. You know, and every time I, I try and make a video myself, I want to prove a point. It just feels like, you know, I'm just trying to convince people instead of teach them. And so how do you do it in a way that informs them without giving your opinion? That's a tough call, but look for industry people. Sounds like it sounds like you look for teachers, look for people who can actually help you learn how to learn and how to teach yourself rather than memorize this text, memorize this. It's a bit more about... Uh, like a good video will will tell you how it came to its own conclusions and how you can follow its logic rather than simply pulling things out of the air. Exactly. Yep. I think they you can't be lazy. I'm sorry, you just can't. You do have to occasionally do your own research instead of relying on other people's research. That's my tip. Let's pick dinosaurs, for example. You see, uh, there was a post in Clues Forum about 13 new dinosaurs in 2009 or some nonsense. So I took the first dinosaur and I looked it up and I'm like, okay, where's its bones from? And then you say, okay, well, I had to end up going to a bones publication. Then you look up the original published research through there. <laughs> and it's complicated. you got to spend time doing it. But then you see the original bones that came from the picture they described. So that's, I think, that's doing my own research. Now I can say, instead of saying, "What well, this is fake, look how dumb these are. I can say, well, these pictures are taken from this bone. <laughs> I don't know, is that too dry? Emotion really gets people off track. But I think if you look back, though, and it's so subtle, I think most people don't recognize it. And it's dilution. You can even just tell Shields the sheer amount, the volume of 
posts they make to dilute the original message. It's, to me, it's so obvious when it starts happening. What about you? That's That seems right to me, yeah. I mean, because on our farm, for example, we'll have a post that's really, uh, that stands out as a fact, and it just sits there. And it's it's not flooded by um, tons of people going, yeah, great, good. And sometimes it can't even really be attacked because it's so obvious, the, 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 the discovery. So it seems like people seem to try to find facts based on a swirling cacophony of media, when in fact... That is not evidence of a fact. That's just evidence of a conversation. What real facts sometimes look like is something just sitting there in the open without really a lot of conversation around it. And that's one of the the reasons um, a spiral of silence can kind of grow out of something that otherwise people could notice if they actually took the time to slow down and do the patient research. But for those who don't have much experience doing that, is there a more basic tip you have to to recognize liars? Honestly, liars hang with liars. <laughs> so <laughs> if you got a, a video of a, a dude with another dude who that second dude you know is a known liar. Because I'm not going to hang around with known liars and pretend like things fine. I'm going to try and challenge that known liar I, maybe I'm asking too much I don't know I think that's a cool tip thank you so Clues Forum's main premise uh, came out of a need to research the extent to which 9-11 can be researched and we determined that there has been primarily a cover-up effort that far outweighs what may have actually taken place in other words they have made it just as we discussed earlier really, really difficult for people to just slow down, take the time to research it. What is your opinion of what really took place on 9-11 that we can prove? I like you added that we can prove. That's brilliant. That's a good good thing there. How about, um, I'm going to take the stance of Clues Forum that the whole thing was a video played on that day. Now, I know there's some people in the forums who say maybe part or all was a video, I think the whole thing, why not? As long as you're doing an entire video, it's all a video. Everything you saw that day and subsequent days, I think newscasts were videoed ahead of time with the footage ahead of time. Because why, why make a mistake? Why take anything to chance? All you had to do was block off lower Manhattan, don't let anyone there. They had a drill going on anyway, so boom, there you go. Um, in other words, what we can prove is that there were fake videos and there was a cover-up. How about what happened behind the cover-up? Who organized it? Is that what you're asking? Do you have any thoughts about it? Or are you still at that stage where you say, you know what, we'll never know? Well, if I, whatever gets put out there is like bait anyway. So if I say the Jews did it, I'm falling for the Jews did it bait. Now, did they really do it? I don't know. But the bait says they did it. But I'm tending not to fall for the bait. <laughs> I think it's still up in the air, but I, they had to have cooperation of the military, number one, because the event was so huge. So maybe we can ask who's in charge of the military and go from there. That seems like a very um, diplomatic answer. <laughs> Today is October 18th. It is apparently some kind of make some noise for 9-11 Truth Day, according to a Facebook event that Simon posted about. 
do you have any comments about uh, this kind of idea, the idea that um, all the researchers of 9-11 should set aside their differences and just make some noise today about 9-11 truth? Well, you know, I'm conflicted there because what if, you know, it's like I don't want David Weiss, sorry to bring up personalities, but as long as, you know, we're going to say make some noise, I don't want someone who doesn't sound intelligent in a conversation to be making making noise on my behalf. So I guess because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to sound dumb. It's then it's a DBA campaign, <laughs> discredited by association, and it's a powerful campaign. I mean, if I guess it would depend where did this start from. If it was a homegrown thing, if Ab started it or if Simon did, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's make some noise, my friends. But if it came from, you know, the other camp. I might tend to be silent on that day. I'm sorry. I wish I wish I could just say, yeah, let's just come together, but it, it depends who's asking. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point. This this kind of leads up to a question that I have a little later uh, about about how to how we can organize a movement that can change the situation if it's even possible to change uh, this media fakery onslaught. But first, I just wanted to ask you. Because you keep referencing Clues Forum, what are the most mind-blowing, world-changing things people can learn at cluesforum.info, in your opinion? Oh, well, number one, uh, 9-11, the whole image was filmed ahead in advance, and that the news stations were in collusion with each other. They used the same one footage. That's powerful, because people thought, you know, there's competition in the media. Well, it shows there isn't right there. So that's, to me, that's the big one right there. Oh, Vixims. The the Vixim report is just so amazing. And if you thought a bunch of people died on 9-11, you have to go look up the Vixim report by yours truly, Hoi Paloi. Help with Simon. Uh, cheers. Thanks. Well, um, <laughs> what about for those that have already dived into research into weird topics like uh, the JFK assassination, but they haven't recognized how much research is deliberately kept in limited hangouts? What do you think that kind of person can learn from the forum? Oh, you can learn that the research you held on to for so long that you, you snuggled every night before you went to bed is probably fake. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you kind of have to be ready to let go of all that, all those long-held beliefs you had about JFK that you just were sure were true. When you go to Clues Forum, you can see they've showed you know which research held up to scrutiny and which didn't. And that's kind of cool to see. It helps you think so much clearer, you know, when you can throw out that garbage that didn't make sense. When asking researchers to give us their opinions about subjects that they haven't researched very thoroughly, uh, do you ever feel slightly embarrassed that you have to help them walk through the process of dismissing their favorite fake evidence, helping them realize they have been supplied bad evidence? Yeah, my my first is a little like, yikes, I thought you knew that. Because that's how I feel, you know, when I realize I didn't know something, I feel a little embarrassed. So I'm like, yikes. But then my teacher mode kicks in and it's like, well, let's all get there together. Let, let's all learn this stuff together and then we can move forward. You have done a bit of activism, act, activism in your community that I really admire. Uh, what can you say about about that? I mean, I mean you, you don't really know maybe what I'm what I'm referencing, but I know that you, for example, um, you you organized a campaign to like stop fluoride in your community in your community water supply and things like that. Well, talk about research that did it too. 
who do you trust and who do you not trust? So uh, my brother, he was he he's walks into the room with the newspaper. They're going to fluoridate our water. You know, Nazis use fluoride in concentration camps. And I was like, what? I wanted to prove he was an idiot. <laughs> but I actually proved um, he wasn't quite right. But there is some sort of campaign. Uh, apparently, I don't know. It's from the research I found out. Why put fluoride if it's toxic in water? Why, why would anybody do that? It's full of really bad things like arsenic and lead and a whole bunch of bad things. Why would you ever consider to put that in anybody's drinking water? Go through the effort of packaging it and sending it. Well, fluoride also acts as a... And I'm going to go conspiratorial here, but... I mean, why do they do it? I have no idea. I'm not privy. You know, they pretend it's for teeth, but no. They've already studies to show it actually erodes teeth. But fluoride is also used as a... Um, What's that? Tranquilizing effect. Yeah, yeah. Very substantial tranquilizing effect. Is that why? I don't know. I have no proof. No one ever said that's why we do it. But Well, uh, what I'm getting at is do you think there's something we as researchers need to learn about getting the word out and organizing? Well, right, because I, I didn't do that on my own. I didn't. I wasn't successful at City Hall by myself. But it started with myself. I started doing the research myself. And then I presented it in a public way. Then other people came and they joined me and they supported me. And then together we became even stronger. And we were able to reach out to more and more people because these other people had connections that I didn't have. So that was really cool. Then as we even went to the state health department because we were able to work together. And we just kept making more connections and working together. And it, it was a cool thing. I, th I bet we could do the same even with fakeology, right? We, we all have our own skills and connections, maybe we could pass things forward in an intelligent way. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is y you were able to get past differences or even ignore differences uh, with people in your community because you could unite over this topic. I'm, I guess I'm, what I'm wondering is, do you? because I really don't know, do you think 9-11 is so divisive that it's not worth uh, uniting over the let's make, let's make noise over this event? Or do you think that it's possible to kind of say, you know what, I don't care where this is coming from, the message is right, let's just try to push for for a, a truthful, transparent government? Right. Yeah. It seems like the way you put it, <laughs> that sounds really nice, and I would absolutely support it. If you, like, find the right way to say it, find the right message, you know, that we could wordsmith perhaps together so that it can be acceptable by the public. Instead of, you know, hitting them over the head with our message like a baseball bat. Yeah, it can be done. We can deliver an intelligent message that would be, I think, taken seriously. Well, we should definitely work on that then. I, I hope this this podcast attracts people, gets people talking about it. Well, so I have I have a conclusory statement to make and then um and then I have a transition to to the, the nuclear hoax topic. So if you don't mind, I'll just go through that. The statement I have is basically that, you know, we don't want to inflate our numbers with fake people, but it seems there are more phony researchers than there are real researchers. And this is a situation that is easy for the perpetrators of hoaxes to manufacture because there just aren't enough people with the patience to eliminate fake evidence. We have a bunch of really eager activists hoping they will find a cause, wave it like a flag, and march an army of people on the White House, but they, but they don't get that a lot of these movements are anticipated 
as they are created and nurtured into existence in a way that is safe for the powers that be and doesn't threaten their domination of our culture. So we often run into a problem at Clues Forum where we would like to organize people, but it seems for every single researcher that joins who seems to get it, we have about a dozen or more accounts from unknown parts who throw tantrums uh, when we try to conduct research or do fact-checking, or when we question their favorite evidence, or say that it's naive to organize around people who don't have pure intentions. So we have to be strict to prevent being led down the garden path or having our subjects derailed, but we know we need numbers to organize and create movements. So uh, how this works into a, a sort of a question I have for you is, okay, when do you think we can hit that critical mass of people who are patient enough to make real change instead of, instead of fake tools of change just created for us by the powers that be? I guess we have to decide. I mean, I think we could do it today. Just say, hey, here's a place you can go if you, know, if you only want to present ideas that can be defended through proper research. And I think you'd get a lot of people who want to join that effort. And I, I think if we make a place where you can go, we're like, well, no, you've got to frame it in a way that it can be argued. Then let's discuss it. I, I bet you'd get quite a few people to join. Did you ever hear of a forum called Nuclies? Yes, it's um, by the British guy, right? Did you ever read any bit of it? Yes, I was going through it. Um, what do you What do you make of um, the subject, the, the the possibility that uh, nuclear weapons, as as far as like atomic mushroom cloud explosion weapons, are are fake? Well, because I go to cluesforum.info, I found out. <laughs> I can't ignore it. <laughs> but it's like right, there's yeah. video fakery. There's it's all image fakery. So why would you fake something in an image if it's real in reality? Oh, right. You're saying that basically uh, we haven't been able to find a non-doctored, non-fabricated image or video of a nuclear explosion. They all seem to be um, artificial. They seem to be like kind of Disney animation. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, um, since you seem to be such a fan of Clues Forum, let's go there soon to... Uh, read the new coax thread. Thank you again for the interview. You're welcome. When we come back, Kay and I will read from the initial posts of the new coax and now a song from the social service. Industry, labor, science, and the military combine their efforts to build the first atomic bomb. But all are within man's power, subject to his command. On man's wisdom, on his firmness in the use of that power, depends now the future of his children and his children's children in the new world of the atomic age.
Coax thread at Clues Forum. You just go to cluesforum.info. You'll see a, a series of topics, and you just select the general discussion, the age of media fakery, and then there's a subtopic in there called World War One through World War Two, the New Cokes, the Cold War, and JFK. And then if you click on that, you'll see a series of threads. And this thread is trending at 44 pages right now, and the first page has a has its first post by Simon Shack, and it's on November 29th, 2009. So this is already nearly six years old as research. You, do you have that page open? Yep, we're right there. With the mushroom cloud? Yeah, with the mushroom cloud, and you, and you see these, um, these animated clouds um, dancing kind of and morphing and then disappearing as they come towards the camera in like one of those Hollywood ring style expansion animations. And you can see that they seem to be influenced by, by like a a large kind of gas explosion, but they've kind of pushed things around a bit and they've made a, a gas cone appear. And let's see what else. Do you notice anything else about this? GIF? The background clouds aren't moving at all. Yeah, that's true. The background clouds seem like they're just kind of chilling there. 
while this enormous explosion is going on right next to them. Yeah, I mean, it's it looks to me like it's painted frame by frame. It looks like um, uh, rotoscope animation mixed with photographic manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ga- is that the white cone, upside down cone, the gas explosion you're speaking of? Yeah, you see there's this cone that kind of appears, but then it also seems to extend down and go up. And there seems to be some kind of imaginative, probably pseudoscientific explanation for why that exists. You know, the, they'll probably involve um, moisture and the different science, known sciences about layers of the atmosphere and things like that. I mean, they're not stupid. Um, they may not be the most creative people on the planet, but they're they're not stupid, and they will make things look kind of realistic-ish. But it's just uh, um, it's done in such a way that belies the animation techniques used to make it. <laughs> yes. So um, I guess if you just want to do it the way we talked about, I'll read the uh, first post, and then we can talk about it, and then you read the second post, and we talk about that, and we go from there taking turns on the posts sounds great okay first post by simon shack the new coax let's face it this forum is dedicated to uncover the best kept secrets of this planet so let's give this most crucial matter of our, our times some scrutiny the quoted text below is what piper our newly registered member welcome expounded in another discussion of this forum i thought it very much deserved its own thread so here it is piper wrote I discount the existence of nuclear bombs as a fear-mongering, sword of Damocles-type illusion that has now successfully kept billions of people living in fear of nuclear annihilation for 65 years. This is based on the improbability behind the science of the explosive device and the alleged mechanism that powered it, as well as the obviously forged videos and the high propaganda value behind the idea, since the firebombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki served to kick off the fake Cold War and the fabricated arms race, which featured both the U.S. and Russia pocketing billions in their taxpayers' money for the manufacturing of these fake nukes, and some years later for the disarming of some fake nukes. End quote. I hope Piper will elaborate on this and further develop this extremely important topic. Meanwhile, here's my little contribution to contribution to this subject. Enjoy. And then Simon posts a. Uh, uh, an image of what was supposedly uh, two different shots of the Nagasaki nuclear explosion, which look not only almost identical, but impossible to reconcile photographically. And he titles them, A Comparison of Two Historical Images Meant to Depict the Nagasaki Nuke. And you've got one where uh, there's a wing in sight, and another where there isn't. You have one where there is some reflective kind of distortion happening and one where there isn't. You have a very uh, subtle difference in clouds, but since the explosion itself looks almost the same, it's almost as if it was taken from uh, two very different angles and they're playing with a bad parallax here like they did on 9-11 where they have something roughly imitating the difference in uh, sort of the appearance of planes at a distance, but it's it's not working for uh, it's not working to create realism unless you are already kind of 
looking at it with that idea that you have to absorb the image as a real explosion. Now, I don't know if you can describe it any further. Um, Kay, do you see anything weird about these? Yeah, I think I agree with your parallax issue. They're overcompensating for parallax. But then also there, one, uh, the front column of the blast is lit and one and the other it's darkened. So quite a bit, you can't see much of the definition. At least it would have the same sunlight on it if it was at true images since you're from the same side. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very different sunlighting. Yeah, it also seems strange that it almost seems like the bottom of the that that column that you're talking about is closer to us, much much closer to us than the than the distant explosion. I'm not sure how they're supposed to be connected there. It looks like a sloppy cut and paste job to me. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like one is a volcano stem and the other is a cloud stem. Too. It's, it's clearly hmm. layered. You know, lots of layers yes. going on here. Lots. Yeah, it's it's a early kind of compositing, and they're mm-hmm. like pushing around the pieces, but <laughs> I know it doesn't work. Uh, he he goes on to write at the bottom. Of course, one of them must be fake, or perhaps uh, could both be googly-eyed face. To those unfamiliar with photo analyses, note that the background in the picture has evidently moved, meaning the two shots, if real, must have been snapped at different moments in time as the airplane moved along. Now look at the mushroom cloud in the foreground. It is identical in shape. Enough said? Or are you willing to believe that the mushroom cloud's shape remained static between the two shots? Or that the two shots were captured by two photographers at the exact same moment in time? Good luck with your beliefs. (laughs) Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That's the challenge. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, this, this one definitely got me thinking. I at first was unwilling to to suspect all the video but then i realized there actually weren't too many out there and so it would be kind of relatively easy to research so i just started looking at them the okay are we done with the first post sure that is um 2009 you guys started getting into nukes huh yeah that's right in the beginning when did clues forum start uh well this may have been posts taken from the reality shack when we were just on the Zeta boards. So some of these are probably imported from there. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. So you're you're reading Terbates. Oh. All right, let's read from Terbates, still November 2009. He quotes Piper saying, quoting Antipodin. <laughs> How far do we go in here? That's funny. Antipodian, yeah, he's um, a New Zealander, I think. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. So his quote is, having personally met the family of a geologist who was one of the four that later worked within the fallout zone, all of whom later died of cancers contracted there. Did they say where that was? Is that Nagasaki? Is that he's, we're still referencing? Uh, let's move on and see if uh, we can figure out the context. All right. And so the, here's reaction to that post. Hi, Antipoden. I do not doubt some powerful explosives were tested some of which could have even contained radioactive materials, also known as dirty bombs. But it would be a false assumption that only nuclear, quotes, explosions can cause mushroom clouds. So those tests need not have been anything other than the large incendiary device. While I do have doubts as to the real causes of cancer being known, the point is that what I discount is the nuclear aspect of said bombs. The science behind them 
and the greater fears of annihilation these ideas bring up in people, as opposed to normal explosives. Antipodian was referencing um, British nuclear tests at Maralinga, which is you know kind of in that Oceania zone, um, and so Piper is responding in Turbady's quote of Piper that. Uh, that the bombs may have even exploded for real, but the the documentation is funny, and that he doesn't believe that um, there's anything nuclear about necessarily those said bombs, except for perhaps some radioactive aspect. I think that's just a very, very diplomatic response. But Turbades quotes Piper to respond to Piper. Right. So, yeah. So now Turbades is responding to Piper. Piper, with respect to your initial postings, to those of us who live along the borders of the Columbia River and its dangerous elephant in the room, the Hanford Nuclear Reservation, we place a lot of belief in that our government built and tested many bombs from materials produced since 1944 from that site. From the waste that still pours out into the Columbia River present day, we can only assume that the terrible offerings of Hanford were used in not just Fat Man and Little Boy, but also for a lot of other nuclear testing done since then. But the side effects are still affecting millions of people here in the Northwest. By 1960, more curies of radioactivity had been dumped or leached into the Columbia River than that of the Chernobyl nuclear plant. It is estimated that over 444 billion gallons of radioactive and chemical waste have been discharged into the soil with over hundreds and billions of hundreds of billions of contaminated waste water discharged into the Columbia River itself. About 180 square miles of contaminated ground remains as a public health hazard. Of concern to us is strontium-90, cesium-137, tritium, uranium, technetium, technetium, hmm, I haven't heard that one yet, cobalt-60, chromium, chloroform, cyanide, carbon-14, iodine-129, plutonium, americium, and other toxic leftovers. In the future, it is shown that the whole nuclear arms race and bomb building was a straw man exercise. We are still left with the after effects of a stupid cold war then. Be careful when attempting to describe a dirty bomb as something added to an explosive. All nuclear testing leaves dirty after effects. Hmm. What's your response to that? That sounds interesting. Well, I'm in Washington. And Hanford's just across the Cascades. And from my knowledge of investigating it, the the water that comes out of the Hanford site is not radioactive. It's just warm. They use it to... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's not... It's just warm. It's because it went um, to cool... That's what the problem was. The warmness of the water affected the fish around it because the fish, the local fish, need a certain temperature to survive, right? So when it gets too warm, they start getting all these these bacteria things and it's, the fish start dying. So what is so, he talking about here? He or she or it saying, um, of concern to us is strontium-90, cesium-137. Yeah, I never heard of that. So it's just water being released into the... It's like a power plant almost. So the nuclear reactor is a mini power plant and it behaves as such. It takes cool water in, heats it up, boils it, and then shoots it out and brings more in and keeps doing this exchange process but yeah i never so the only there's only one thing i heard about 
I mean, as I researched it, that the ants were radioactive. I had read an article, but who knows if any of that's true, if any of these reports are true. Anyway, so I guess well, you'd have to... It's, I don't know. it's saying that... He, so he's saying it's estimated that over 444 billion gallons of radioactive... That, first of all, that's kind of a funny number, 444. But uh, he says that over 444 billion gallons of radioactive and, wa- and chemical waste have been discharged into the soil. But he doesn't say... Who is making that estimation? He just says it is estimated. What? Right. So, Where's his link? I give me something. Where'd you get that information from? I I need I need a link to see where it's from. That's what I'm wondering. And then and then where's your information from, Kay? Did you actually go and like dip your hand in and take a sip or what? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> or I read ecology statements. That's what I read oh. about local fisheries and what the problem was coming. So it was a a couple agencies down that were d- concerned about the temperature of the water. And so there, were, there's a lot of um, temperature readings being taken. So it felt like good information. But I couldn't, yeah, all these well, other chemicals, I don't know where these are coming. I could look it up, but I guess it would be nice to have a link, wouldn't it? So, Yeah, it would be nice research. if he actually cited his research. All right, so Piper responds. He says, thank you very much for the welcome, Simon, and for starting this thread. I loved your contribution. If we are to learn to easily see through the fabrications from which a large part of the general knowledge base is composed, it is best to expose as many of those fabrications as we can. I think that's a good point. This section of the forum is important because 9-11 was but one in a long line of such scams pushed by the media onto an unquestioning public. I recently posted a list of what I believe to be the top ten most widely accepted and perpetrated lies in human history in a discussion thread on another forum. And while I placed the Apollo moon hoax, I think that was a typo, at number six, and the existence of hijackers and planes used on 9-11 at number four, the topic currently under discussion came in at number two because of its widespread belief, its effect on the human psyche and on world politics, and the length of time the lie has been in place. There are so many lies that make up what we call history, also known as the Scaliger Petavius mainstream textbook version of history that is taught in our schools, that it is what stood in the number one position on my list. Yes, the biggest lie in history is history itself. That really deserves a thread of its own, perhaps some other time. After seeing that 9-11 was a total lie and then researching the moon hoax, the electric universe theory, the Zapperter film tampering, the lies in history, the lies in science, lies in medicine, etc., I was ready to question all of my beliefs, which is what I started doing. While watching a documentary called Trinity and Beyond sometime around 2005, I noticed that some of the nuclear bomb test footage looked rather fake, mainly what appeared to be model houses, cars, trees, and ships. I posted my thoughts on a forum I frequented at the time called Liberty Forum and got into an interesting discussion that brought out out a lot of good questions about the nukes issue that I believe everyone should ask themselves. I repeat some of those questions here in order to stir up potential discussions. Here's one. Do you understand the science behind a nuclear explosion? <laughs> oh, man. That, that's, I mean, that's a pretty basic one, isn't it? But people, you know, people say they understand it. Oh, it's like billiard balls bouncing, and then there's a perpetual motion effect that happens, even though that kind of breaks physics. But whatever. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interject. But do you understand the science behind a nuclear explosion? Do you understand the mechanism that triggers the explosion? Do you understand E equals mc squared? What does it mean to square a speed? Do you believe in Einstein's relativity? 
Do you believe in the current model of the atom? Do you believe that only nuclear bombs can create mushroom clouds? Then he goes on. Could Hiroshima and Nagasaki have been firebombed like Dresden and Tokyo were? Could you visually discern between victims of firebombings and radiation burns? Could the various videos of nuclear tests be propaganda? Could 1940s and 1950s effects technology create believable nuclear explosions for the newsreels? Well, with uh, Disney people working on it, maybe. I don't know. What about the war? Do you believe the bomb was necessary? Some say the Japanese had already capitulated. Do you believe in the Cold War and that the Americans and Soviets were dangerously poised on the verge of nuclear annihilation? Do you believe in beneficial government, a transparent government? Do you have faith in the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower later warned people about? Another question, what about money? The money spent, pocketed on the moon hoax, is minimal when compared with the billions in taxpayer money spent on the nuclear arms race, quote-unquote, in both the U.S. and the USSR for the construction of these expensive but never utilized weapons of mass destruction. And, of course, years later for the disarming of these same weapons. Note that I am referring to nuclear bombs here, as I do believe that nuclear reactors probably exist since they are based on a completely different technology, which is that of a radioactive material heating up water, creating steam, spinning turbines, generating electricity. Have you ever wondered why no rogue group of terrorists or any nation other than the most powerful have been able to build their own atomic bombs if it was possible to build them with technology from 65 years ago? Are there scientists and researchers that dumb? Are they missing some magic ingredient that is only available to chartered members of the elite nuclear club? Perhaps that ingredient is the power of their media to back up their lies. If we go back to the pre-Hiroshima nuke propaganda, we find talk of areas being earned into a glass parking lot where no life would be able to grow for the next 500 years. This obviously did not happen. Here are a few photos comparing the aftermath of a firebombing of Tokyo and the aftermath of the nuclear bombing of Hiroshima. Are they very different other than that of the larger Tokyo having more surviving buildings? Is it possible that Hiroshima and Nagasaki were chosen as targets for this deception instead of a more strategic target like Tokyo because they were mainly filled with cheap, light, paper-thin wooden structures thereby making the devastation of the firestorm appear more complete. There's an image of Tokyo, photo taken March 10th, 1945, after a firebombing. And it looks um, a bit dodgy itself. It's, it looks like kind of charcoal-y and definitely heavily edited. However, it, it, it does match the, the following photo, which is supposed to be a Hiroshima taken after the nuke attack. So... I'm not really sure what to make of this, except that there seems to be war propaganda going on here. And there seems to be a depiction of flatness and buildings having... Um, look, looks like they've just been burnt to a crisp. I mean, it looks kind of like uh, if you've seen a bald mountain because of a forest fire. Uh, forest fire. That's, that's what it looks like to me. Well, I have some personal experience, if you want me to interject. Yes, friend of mine she's Japanese and I was talking her grandma was at one of the a function we were at and I was talking with the grandma and she said before the nuclear bomb hit they got a warning and everyone moved up into the hills so she said everyone always they got warnings all the time and they evacuated the city and she was the Nagasaki city that got bombed and she said it was I'll really be sad dying. you never hear that we were up in the hills when it hit, and thank God we were, but we had nowhere to go back to. 
she said. Wow, that's interesting. I, I definitely, I mean, I make this comment later in this thread, but um, when I went to Hiroshima to do research on this, I, I found that life was indeed growing, and it wasn't uh, 500 years. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was barely 50, 60 years. And it's, there's just green grass, non-radioactive grass. Um, so anyway, that's just my own personal thing. But that's an amazing story. That's amazing. Yeah, that makes sense. And and why don't we hear about that? Why don't we hear about the evacuations and the military control of areas and, and how much uh, the military does that in times of war, especially? Uh, Piper goes on to say, should any buildings, bridges, and trees have been left standing after a nuclear devastation? Where is this glass parking lot? And he has another photo of uh, Hiroshima aftermath, ground view. And there's kind of some squiggly, maybe tree-like or beam-like fence structures. There looks to be a lot of paper, um, a lot of ash, a lot of um, like burnt wood and things like that. And there's a soldier, apparently, or um, someone standing near a ruined fireplace. And the next photo says, Hiroshima aftermath, poles and trees. And there are indeed a bunch of things still standing in these uh, photos, which are undoubtedly, you know, vetted through every military channel that could vet it. Then he says, what about the nuclear shadows allegedly burnt in behind objects and victims? Do the following shadow effect photographs seem realistic? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, uh, he labels this Hiroshima, shadows of roadside posts, missing horizontal shadows, question mark? And it's kind of funny because you have these um, burnt uh, burnt sidewalks, um, but there's kind of uh, less burnt stuff happening coming from the shape of the fence. I don't know if you can describe that any better than me, but right, so the, it looks the, like the... Yeah, the vertical poles that hold the fence have uh, the white shadow, but the horizontal poles are lacking their shadow. Sure. I, I think I would explain... I, I would excuse this and say, okay, whether this is firebomb damage or nuclear damage or whatever you want to call it, it it's kind of like a, uh, a light effect. It, it's, it's something that you see in, in light where something is shining through a, a grid or something and the thinner elements don't show up in shadow as easily as the thicker elements. So I don't know. Maybe they're using some kind of lighting principle. It seems that the people who make these things are definitely playing with people's familiarity with illusion and natural phenomenons. And so that keeps people thinking, thinking, oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, that looks like it could happen, you know. Maybe it's like that. I don't know. What if, there's shadows on the other side, though. How do you explain those? There's so, if you look at the picture on the um, yeah. right-hand side, we have shadows caused by something on the right. But on the left-hand side, there's also similar shadows caused by something on the left. So were there two nuclear bombs? Hmm. Or maybe someone just spilled their ice cream cone as they were running away. I don't know. But there's two shadows coming from the left. Right. No, you're right. To me, it looks it looks uh, photoshopped in like a like a physical Photoshop. It looks like they were using layers to me. But just for people to understand what. What is going on in this picture? Uh, then there's another smaller one called Hiroshima Wheel Shadow. And it says, too perfect, question mark. And there is a kind of a pleasant silhouette of the uh, 
of the wheel that's on the end of a looks like a pipe that would maybe be turned to tighten or loosen this pipe. And it does look like a, I don't know. It looks like um, reminds me of Max Ernst or Duchamp or some or or a Dadaist who just kind of like pieces together interesting things to make a nice composition. I'm not so sure it would be convincing evidence of a nuclear explosion, especially if this were the only evidence. Right, so we have a, a horizontal wheel that, you know, you can turn, like opening up a door or a valve or something, and then behind it, the you have a black shadow on a white background of that wheel side view. Here's, what about, consider this, Hoy. What if the thing was just spray painted? There's white spray yeah, it kinda... on the wheel, right? Look at it. Well, there's something on that wheel. It looks. It could be shiny. It looks. It looks like a stencil. The background looks like a stencil, which, you know, maybe the whole idea of a stencil comes from effects like this, where there's a fire or there's some or a light. More likely, light playing a kind of a shadow trick on the wall. But yeah. then the wall looks itself like looks. Yeah. In any case, it, it, it's. Um, it's hard to say that it's proof of anything. It's simply a documentation which is meant to go along with the story you already have in your head, that there was this powerful you know, thing that permanently burned shadows in the wall, kind of nonsensically. So then he goes on to finish. It seems that the idea that nukes don't exist has recently caught on with more researchers. Here are links to a few YouTube videos offering additional research for those interested in taking a closer look at the topic. He lists, but he doesn't give links to, Jesse Waugh's Nuke Lies, Jesse Waugh's Nuke Lies Evidence Clip 1, Atomic Bump Does Not Exist 1 by AFM Part 2, Part 3, The Nuclear Bomb Hoax Biggest Secret. I look forward to all comments, thoughts, photo comparisons, or any other contribution to what I consider to be another very important historical part of the mass manipulation that has taken hold of our society. Cheers, Piper. Edit for photo sizes. I think that summed it up good. They always seem to have pictures that can be faked too easily that's right yeah but i mean perhaps they're just going on the um i mean a lot of this rides on faith if you look at the old propaganda films from america they're they're not that convincing they're just like a kind of advertising style voice um a lot of jingoism and kind of national pride and things that are kind of artificially infused into people and objectively it's not very convincing but if you already have this belief that it is something to believe or you have this faith in it, then you can sort of use it. You can use it to pretend that that's real. All right. Should we get to the next post? Yes. Oh, you got a short one there for us. It's Smoking Gun 2 on November 29, 2009. He says, an interesting thread edition and a subject that I suspect few of us have researched. I noticed the 77 on the B-29. Where have I seen that number before? I'm not seeing what they're referencing, but it's probably just uh, a number on the side of, uh, of the B-29 bomber. Uh, I think they're talking about, when they say, I noticed the 77, I think they're referring to like the 7-7 London bombing and the number of times that um, double numbers, like 3-3-1-1-7-7, appear in strange stories so antipodian writes after after quoting piper uh interesting stuff a lot of typos interesting stuff a country like iran becomes demonized because 
people are brainwashed into believing that a capability to produce nuclear energy equals a capability to produce the nuclear bomb. Maybe there really is nothing to fear except fear itself. All right. The next post is from D. Duck on November 29th. There are so many... He's uh, first putting a quote. That really deserves a thread of its own, perhaps some other time. So D. Duck says to Piper... It sure deserves a thread of its own, so I started one, and thanks for pointing in this direction, because I think the time has come to start to look in the education system and the history books. He cites a link, Education Sucks. Oh, so D-Duck was a poster who eventually uh, turned on on Simon and said he's, ah, you're full of crap, but he had, uh, he, we had given him moderator privileges, in any case, uh, ah. he made a he made a topic called "Education Sucks," and that was a that was a good topic. I'm not really sure what to make of some of these characters, and I think everyone's just going to have to use their own discernment in in you know hearing us read these things aloud. Whether they believe um, these post these post makers are in good faith or not, you know, we have our own opinions about it. But it's just information, so take it or leave it. Simon Shack replies. Admin's message. Something inexplicable happened as we transferred some relevant posts from the moon hoax thread over to this one. We are sorry for this mishap. The 3,000 plus view count of this thread is in fact that of the old moon hoax thread. Moving on. Piper, thanks for developing this interesting topic which you have proposed. I think the direction this discussion should take is to determine whether it is plausible that the very development slash existence of nuclear bombs may be another piece of military slash establishment propaganda. It certainly is a quite difficult concept to accept at this time, and needs a lot more elements and evidence to be at all envisaged by the general public. IMHO, in my humble opinion, one thing is to question the Hiroshima-Nagasaki destruction. Another is to question whether the more recent military nuke development programs are real or fake. To be sure, one of Simon's favorite (laughs) turns of speech. To be sure, considering the bulk of false information we are showered with, no questions can any longer be dismissed offhand. However, we need to tread carefully on this particular matter, lest we be tagged as military build-up deniers. Yes. They're doing something with our money. <laughs> I don't know what. All right, the next post is also <laughs> by Simon Jack. He's quoting Terrence Drew, who says, "If No, it starts out, I think they deserve a mention in the annual Reality Shack Gala dinner. Oh, is there one? Did I miss it? No, we never had that. <laughs> I wish I wish that we had uh, money for that kind of thing, but no, we don't. Oh, that would have been fun. Then Simon replies to that quote, yes, those fellows will be invited for sure. Um, then, oh, I get to read my own post. Yay. So I posted on December 3rd, 2009, I say, I heard that all the nuclear bomb footage passed through some editing studio embroiled in the Laurel Canyon scene. Is this true? If so, it would be darn strange that Kubrick is implicated in both the Apollo moon hoax and the scene in Dr. Strangelove at the end when, sorry for spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, every bomb footage ever made seems to go off at once as a conclusion. (laughs) Brian V. replies to Hoy on December 3rd. Yes, apparently there was a clandestine film studio in Laurel Canyon. To be more precise, it was on Lookout Mountain. Capital L, Lookout it's the name of the mountain, Lookout Mountain. Overlook? Question mark. I remember reading about a hotel that burned down in 1910 or something. 
the kids were playing with matches. So I corrected them too. And he cites a Laurel Canyon wiki page. Oh, and then I misunderstood what he was saying. He said, I corrected them too. So I replied, oh, you changed the wiki article. Good man. Since we are censored on that place in every other regard, our only hope for people seeking truth is to give them clues where it is allowed by the wiki Nazis. Oh, so he made a correction. Interesting on the wiki. It stuck? I thought he did, but as you see, he he replies. Ah, we're trying to figure out what he means by so I corrected them too. Oh, yeah, he says, huh? Me? No change? Wiki? Edit. Oh, I think I understood. I was referring to O'Grady correcting the twins for playing with ma- matches. All right. Making sense. Oh, okay, yeah. O'Grady is that Yeah, reference. Okay, never mind. So then I say, interesting. So we have discussed the ability for the perps to completely fake the footage and photos of nuclear bomb explosions, but now we must answer other questions. Imagining we remove the shape of our mushroom cloud from the picture, remaining is one, nuclear fallout and poisonous radiation, and two, the spectral, highly publicized difference between a nuclear facility and a nuclear bomb. If the hypothesis is that our science is wrong about nuclear bombs, what can we answer about the existence of these two phenomena? My guesses would be so. One, nuclear radiation is a series of unstable metals developed under specific laboratory conditions and which sometimes necessitate NASA-type outer space travel, possibly to, quote, collect, unquote, radiation. Anyway, it's developed. Nukes are basically just normal explosives with radioactive poisonous metals as shrapnel contained within. Well, this is obviously before I started questioning NASA stuff. And two, the apparent difference between weaponized radiation and radiation used to heat water in nuclear energy facilities is just that, an apparent media difference, which is a contradiction paradox kept in the public eye in order for people to never grasp that there is no difference. But the joke's on me if my science is just so horrible that all I can come up with is the above. All right, on December 3rd, Tufa says, I vote for real nukes. They can be built and do work. It should be easy to check. I have noticed that there are some system, systematic errors in reporting science facts, and I don't argue any on the videos. Sorry, I have kind of a full schedule here, but I come back later to this topic, and then I have a list we can go through. Tufa video. Is Tufa still around? Okay, uh, Tufa is... um. <laughs> Uh, I think Simon and Tufa had some kind of relationship before before the forums because Simon was telling me, yeah, Tufa is an interesting person. They sent me like some things and I had some talks with them. But Tufa's English has always been atrocious and and funny. But but I appreciated his strong-mindedness. But I can't remember. They might have had a falling out or not. I'm not quite sure. That concludes page one of the new coax thread. Read the whole thing at cluesforum.info or subscribe to the podcast to find out when we'll read more. If you are patient and you prefer our audio version, we will come back to it again soon. As soon as we figure out a schedule for the main subjects of the Clues Chronicle, we will let you know. We should figure that out by the end of the year, hopefully. This ends episode four. In episode five, we'll return to 9-11 to discuss the subject of fake 9-11 victims, 9-11 memorial scams, and mock deaths. 
that were used to create the psychological wall of tears, which prevents most people from asking the most powerful questions we have available to us about the Al-Qaeda hoax. You can expect that one in about a week or two. Kay, what do you think? That sounds great, week or two. Week or two. All right, some a week or two. We'll probably make an episode five. Until then, let's keep it real together. Here's another tune from Simon to safely ease you back to the normal media circus. Thank you. 